All right, guys. All right. Well, hey, today we are wrapping up our series that we've been in for three weeks called Honest. And uh, man, I'll just, be, I'll just be honest with you guys, man, I'm sad to see us leave this series. We've gotten tons of feedback from how God's used this to help people, encourage people. Uh, it's just been a really cool deal. If, you, if you've missed this series, any part of it, you can go to summithazard.com uh, or you can download our app. Uh, and, uh, and all of our sermons, all of our resources up there, you can check them out, you can listen to them, download them, share them with friends. Uh, whatever you need to do, it's all on there for you. But today we are ending our series called Honest and I need to be honest with you right now. I need to be honest with you right now. I want to be honest and just tell you uh, what my plans are for today, okay? I want to tell you right at the beginning, right at the front of the sermon, I'm going to tell you how we're ending today, all right? When I was was in seminary and and Bible college and all that jazz, uh, you take preaching classes, they would always tell you that you have to build up to your sermon. The moment you start a sermon, you need to be building up moving towards your conclusion and that sort of thing. Uh, I'm not doing that today. I'm going to tell you the end at the beginning just so that you'll know what, what's up my sleeve, all right? I'm going to tell you what I've been praying for, what my goal is today, and my goal today is that every person in the room signs up for a life group. There we go. Your excitement is contagious. My goal today is that, every, I know it's going to happen. My goal today is that every person in the room, every person here in the room today signs up for a life group. Now, maybe you're new and you've seen the video and you're kind of hearing us talk and you've seen things out in the lobby and you're hearing this thinking, what is a life group? Well, a life group is, uh, life group are small groups that, that, that we have in our church, small groups of people, they get together, they, they do fun stuff, they hang out, they talk about God, gives you an opportunity to get to know people here at church, because we've got a lot of people here today, we've got a good crowd today, and as God continues to grow our church, as God continues to bring people, and by His grace we continue to grow, what, what, what life groups do is they make a big church feel small, and it helps you get connected with other people. And so we've got all kinds of different groups, and I'm just telling you right at the very beginning today, just so you'll know what happens. So if you want to leave, you can get up and leave or whatever, but uh, my goal today is that every person would sign up for a life group, all right? So if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open it up to Psalm 90. Go ahead, open up your Bible, turn on your Bible on your mobile device, whatever you're packing today, Psalm 90, is where we're at. And, and what we've been doing in this series, we, we've been in the book of Psalms through the entire series. And, and Psalms, uh, we said this two weeks ago, uh, this is really the first songbook for God's people. I mean, the early church, they literally sang all of the psalms that are in Psalms. We don't know what those songs sounded like, tune was, or anything like that, but they did sing them. And just like music today, music today, there's all kinds of different genres and that sort of thing. You know that, right? Like there's country, there's rock, there's rap, R&B, whatever. Just, just like that, in the Psalms, it's all kinds of different genres. So there's Psalms of thanksgiving, there's Psalms of celebration, and what we've been doing in this series, we've been looking at a, a genre in the book of Psalms called the Psalms of Lament. And these are just real, raw, honest Psalms of, of David, where we've been the past two weeks, it's going to be different today, but, but just people getting real with God about where they're at. So first week we talked about how, God, if I'm honest, I'm not doing well. Last week we saw, God, if I'm honest, I'm mad at you. 
And, and today, we're in Psalm 90, and today, the last part, we're wrapping up this series. God, if I'm honest, I really feel like you've abandoned me. God, if I'm honest, I feel like you have checked out. I feel like you have walked away. I feel like you have completely abandoned me. In fact, we see this in Psalm uh, 90. Look at verse 13. Psalm 90 is written by Moses. All right, so this is really, really, really early on. Doesn't matter if you're new to church or not, Moses, Charlton Heston, wherever you're at, just roll with that. That's fine. Moses and the Israelites. This is early people. This is one of the earliest psalms that we have, and this is written by Moses. And listen to verse 13. Return, O Lord. How long have pity on your servants? God, when are you coming back? God, return to us. God, would you have pity on us, your servants? How long are you going to be checked out of this, God? How long are you going to abandon us? See, when you are in that place where you feel like God's abandoned you, that's a hopeless place, isn't it? Man, that's a dark place to be. That is a hopeless place for you to live when you feel like God has abandoned you. I'm convinced that one of the darkest, most hopeless moments a human being can have is the moment you realize you can't remember where you parked in a parking lot. Anybody else? You know what I'm saying? Doesn't matter if it's at Walmart. Doesn't matter if you're at the mall. One of the darkest moments you can ever have as a human being is when you walk out and you scan the parking lot quickly and you realize, I don't know where I parked. You know what I mean? How do you act in that moment? Because there's two options, isn't it? There's two options that you can play in the moment when you realize, I can't remember where I parked. Some people try to play it cool. You know, and and listen, I'll I'll just, I'll be honest, I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people that try to play it cool, like I forget where I parked and I can't remember, but I don't want you to know that I know I don't know where I parked. You know what I'm saying? I want you to think I've got this under control. So I realize I can't remember where my car is, but if you look on my face at Walmart and I can't find my car, this is me. You see me, Mark, what's going on? Hey, how are you? How are you doing? How are you doing? Man, it's a beautiful day. I'm just taking a lovely stroll. Just, I just want to be outdoors in God's creation. I love it. Right? The whole time I'm thinking, I'm going to die here. I can't remember where I parked. I will die here. Right? Are you one of those people? I'm one of those people. Now, some people don't even try to play it cool. Do you know those people? Like, maybe they're there with their spouse, and they split up. So, honey, you take this side. I'm going to take this side. And then they begin to scream at each other. Hey, honey, do you see the car? Dear, it's not over here. It's over. We're going to die. You know? Or they're by themselves, and they've got their keys out, and they're doing this to try to activate the security system. Oh, there it is, right? You know those people? You feel hopeless when you lose it. Some people are nudging their spouse. That's what you do. I wish you'd play it cool. You can't find your car in the parking lot. It's a hopeless moment. I'll tell you another hopeless moment is when you feel like God's abandoned you. And let me just say this really clear at the front. God never abandons his people. In fact, we can say this today. We can say this today. We know this beyond a shadow of a doubt. God has not abandoned anyone here in this room today. If you're here today in this room, I want you to know God hasn't abandoned you. And the reason I know that, because you're here. And the very fact that you're here shows God hadn't given up on you. You might not be a Christian. You might not be a spiritual person. You're kind of kicking the tires on this whole spirituality thing. But you're thinking, you know what? I just decided to wake up and come to the forum today. No, no, no. God scheduled a meeting with you today. 
And before you even plan this out, God scheduled a meeting because he knows that you need him in your life. And so if you're sitting in that seat today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, the thing that you have got to do today, the most important decision you need to make today is the decision to give your life to Jesus Christ so that he can enter into your life, you can have a relationship with him and be changed for all of eternity. So God hadn't abandoned you today. Doesn't matter what you did last night, where you've been this past year, doesn't matter the decisions you've made, God has not abandoned you because you're here. If you're a Christian, God has not abandoned you. God can't abandon his people. In in fact, God gave us three things. Well, really four. Four things to show us that he would never abandon us. Four things. I've got three on the screen here, but I want to add a fourth one. First thing that God gave us to show us he'd never abandon us is the gospel. The gospel, what Jesus did for us, that Jesus died for our sins, that three days later he came back to life, that when I ask him to forgive my sin and I give my life to him, he moves into my life and he refuses to abandon me. Not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus has done for me. Amen? That's right. That's the gospel. Because of the gospel, God can't abandon us. Another reason that we know God won't abandon us is because the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives inside of every Christian Today is another proof that God won't abandon you. Another reason we know God won't abandon us is his word, the Bible. This book is filled with promises from God, and every page shows us that God never walks out on his people. But the last thing that God gave us to show he'll never abandon us is his people, the church. God gave us the church. To show that he would never abandon us. Now see, you might hear that and you might not like that because a lot of people are here in this room today. I talked to a lot of you and you've got baggage from church. You left the last one because of what happened. You walked away for years because of what happened. You see how Christians talk to each other, how they treat one another, how churches interact. And so you've got a lot of baggage and so you're not a big fan of the church. I need you to know I used to not be a fan of the church, Okay. I used to not believe in God. I, didn't, I wasn't a fan of the church. I thought that all Christians were hypocrites. But listen, if that's you today and you're thinking that, you need to be careful because I used to not be a fan of the church. Now I work in one. Okay, so God can totally change your life. But don't let your past experience be the determining factor for how you look at the church as a whole. In fact, I'd say this. I'd be so bold as to say this. You had a bad experience in your past. Keep coming here. Because I'm going to be so bold as to say the experience you'll have right here at this church, you'll find the people that accept you, that love you, that want you to know Jesus Christ, want you to find his purpose for your life. You'll have an experience here that will completely change the way you think about church. So stick around. But God gave us the church to show he'd never abandon us. So think about this. Let's look at these verses here. I want want us to read three verses. They're all on the screen behind me. But if you've got a Bible, I want you to take this, underline this. You might want to write some notes in your Bible. Look at three verses from Psalm 90. Listen to verse 1. And all three of these verses have the same thing in common. See if you can pick out what they have in common. Watch this. Lord, you have been our dwelling place. This is Psalm 90, verse 1. Lord, you have been our dwelling dwelling place, our dwelling place. It doesn't say my dwelling place. Our dwelling place in all generations. Look at verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Watch this. Look at verse 14. Satisfy who? What's the next word? 
Next word, five people. If you're awake, wake up. Us, there we go. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Satisfy us, teach us, remind us. See, it's absolutely true that the moment you meet Jesus, you've got an individual relationship with him, all right? That's totally true. Totally true and praise God for it. You don't need to go through somebody else to talk to God and pray. Because of Jesus, you can pray. God's forgiven you of your sin. The Holy Spirit lives in your life. So if you're a Christian, you've got an individual relationship with Jesus Christ. But when you look at the Bible, the emphasis is on God and God's people. See, if there's one idea that I want all of us to get today, if there's one idea that I want you to walk away with here before we're done in just a few moments, it's this one idea. Here it is. You can't do life alone. You can't do life alone. See, you and I, we were made for relationship. We were made first to have a relationship with God. And I've said that several times this morning, but let me just say this again. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, it doesn't matter how successful you are. If you miss him, you miss everything. So we're first made to have a relationship with God, and that relationship with God, God wants that to play out, by and large, in a big way in the church, in relationship with God's people. And I want to prove that to you in just a few minutes with two verses from John 17. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and turn there because we're going to be there for the rest of the morning. John chapter 17, and these verses are going to be up on the screen here behind me. John chapter 17, verses 20 and 21. As they come up on the screen behind me, there they are. Let me just kind of put into context here what's happening in John 17. Jesus is praying, and this is called the prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is going to die the next day. This is the night before crucifixion. This is the night before Good Friday for Jesus. And what Jesus is doing in John 17, Jesus is praying for the 12 disciples, those guys that have been with him for three years, and then Jesus makes a pivot. He makes a turn, and Jesus prays for every single person who would ever trust in him. Hey, I don't know if you know this or not, Did you know that before Jesus died on the cross, he prayed for you? Did you know that? The night before Jesus Christ Christ died in the Garden of Gethsemane, and the Bible says it was such an intense experience, he began to sweat drops of blood. Jesus prayed for me and for you. That's a big deal. Wouldn't you want to know what he prayed? Man, I I would want to know. If Jesus prayed for me the night before he died, if he was thinking about me, I would want to know what the dude said. So watch it. John 17 tells us. Look at these two verses, 20 and 21. I do not ask for these only, these only being the 12 disciples. I don't pray for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's you today. If you're a Christian, that's you. That they may all be, what's the next word? Can you read it? One. That they may all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So here's Jesus, and he knows he's going to be tortured to death. He knows he's going to die. It's just a few hours away. And the way that he prays for all of us is that we would all be one. Hey, listen, Summit, it is hard to be one with people you never get around. 
It's real hard to be one with somebody you don't know, right? It's really hard to be one with somebody that you don't know. Now listen, listen. In, in a church like this, you're never going to get to know any, everybody. In fact, I don't care how small of a church maybe you might have went to or maybe, you, maybe you're just visiting today. I don't care how small the church is. You don't know everybody in the church that you're at, regardless of how big or how small. You can't know everybody. But you can know somebody. In fact, you can know a group of people. In fact, you can have a group of people in your life that maybe you're here today and you're in one of the darkest places in your life. You feel like God has abandoned you. And I don't know what got you to that place where you've started to think that God checked that on your life, but what you need is you need people in your life who can speak into your life and encourage you, text you on Monday morning, let you know they're praying for you, send you a Facebook message, call you. You need a group of people in your life that love God and love you so much that they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that you keep walking with God. So maybe that's you today. You're in that dark place and what God wants to do, God wants to bring people into your life to encourage you. Or maybe that's, maybe that's not you. Maybe you're here today and you're in one of the best places you've ever been. This is an awesome season in your life. Everything is going exactly the way that you hoped that it would go. Listen, if that's you today, then you need to be in a group of people encouraging somebody. Because life isn't all about receiving, being prayed for, being encouraged. Yes, those things are important, but we also need to encourage other people. Amen? We need to be building up other people. We need to be praying for other people. Jesus says that, we, that if we know him, we'll serve the way that he served. We need to be in an environment where we can serve the way that Jesus served. Where's that? It's in a group. It's in a group of people that know you by name, that pray for you by name, that know your situation by name, that have got your back. Do you have anybody like that in your life? I want to challenge you today to join a group. I want to challenge you today to join a life group. See, around here at Summit, we believe, it's the core value in, in our church, we believe that church should be sticky. And the thing that's going to get you to stick in this church, in any church, is relationships. Listen, nobody is coming to Summit for 20 years and they say the thing that keeps them coming back is how hot the preacher is. Amen? Now, some of you, you're new and you're like, man, he's good looking. I'm going to keep coming back. That's fine. That's fine. I'm excited that you're here. But that won't keep you here. Oh, my gosh. Let me just be real. You know what's not going to keep you coming here? My sermons. It's not. Some of you, you've been here since, the very, since day one. We had our very first preview service. I bet you can't name five of my sermons. But I bet you can name five people in this church that God's used in your life. You want to know what won't keep anybody in this church for the next 20 years? How rocking the band is. And our band is rocking. Our band's got it, man. They're, they're awesome. But sermons won't. The band won't. No program we ever have will. Relationships will. The relationships that you build with people make church sticky. See, you and I, we can't do life alone. So I want to challenge you to take a step and to join a group. And listen to me. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're at. No matter how busy you are, we have a group for you. 
We've got a group for you. In fact, when you walked in today, maybe you got one today, last week, you've seen them all over out there. We've got this brochure that describes all of the 32 groups that we're offering this life group semester. The life group semester starts September the 7th. We've got 32 groups. And we have groups that get together, they do all kinds of different things. Hey, listen, if you're into softball, if you're into softball, you know what? Our softball groups actually start today. If you're into softball, here in just a second, you can sign up for a softball group. You can get the, hit the field today. We can get you playing in the league we're a part of that meets at home place Sunday afternoons. We can get you on the field today. Or maybe you're into basketball. You're no good at basketball, but for some reason you're in it, and you want to play basketball with other people who are no good, but they're convinced they're really good, and I don't know. But you want to do it? We got a group for you, man. You're into gardening? Gardening? We got a group for you. They're going to get together and grow stuff, not that stuff. Get your head out of it. Not that stuff. We ain't that different of a church. We ain't there. Right? You're into gardening? We got a group for you. Hey, preschool moms, grandparents, I don't care who you are. We've got a group where preschoolers, toddlers can get together. It's in there. It's in there. It's in the group brochure. They can get together every week, play, hang out. You're going to build relationships with people. You're looking at your schedule. You're convinced you're way too busy to do anything. All your work schedule is, you mean your work schedule, you've got meetings, you've got kids, you've got responsibilities. Hey, you know what? We've got a group this semester meets entirely online. They're going to do emails. They're going to do group chats on Facebook. You don't have to go anywhere. We've got a group for you. Maybe you're here today and you're a brand new Christian. You want to check out, check out this whole Jesus thing more. We've got a group for you that's going to start meeting on Sunday mornings at 930. It's called First Steps. You need to join it. Maybe you're here, you struggle with anxiety, depression, stress. We've got two groups, our Not County group, and then we've got an overwhelmed group that's going to meet Monday night right here at the forum. If that's you, you need to get in that group. Hey, listen, is your marriage in trouble? Don't look at them. Don't look at them. But bring them to a group. we got two groups for you to help you build that marriage. And listen, hey, listen, single people, if you're here you're not married, that group is for you. Maybe you're here, you, you want God to be glorified in your marriage. You've never been married or maybe, the first, you know, maybe that marriage didn't work out and you want to you heal from that. You know what? You should sign up for one of the marriage groups that we're going to have. If you're here today and you're not serving, you should join one of our serve teams. You can join a serve team in guest services, in kids, in set up and tear down. Listen, if serving is a passion for you, you want to get out, you want to go into this city, starting next month we're going to start a new thing every single third Saturday of the month called Serve Saturday where we're challenging our entire church to go out every month and to serve. Who leads that? Our Serve Saturday groups. You need to go out and sign up for one of our Serve Saturday groups so that our church can be on the front line of serving the city and meeting needs. Here's what I want to say. We have a group for you. There's a place for you here. I don't know how to get connected. Join a group. How can I meet people? Join a group. How can I serve? Join a group. How can I get in the game? Join the group. How can I make an impact? Join a group. Look at somebody next to you and say, join a group. Join a group. Join a group. Join a group. Now, 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 now. Now, I've been in church world long enough to know there's somebody in the audience and you're doing this. Well, Brother Mark, I'm going to pray about it. I'm so spiritual, I pray about it. No! Stop praying. You don't have to pray about something that God is clear about. It's like some of you are here and you need to be baptized. I'm still praying about it. No, Jesus, Matthew 28, 19, be baptized. Nobody's drowned. We're going to have baptisms here in a second. Those two guys, I can guarantee you two things. They will not drown and no sharks in the baptistry. I know it's shark week, but we got them out this morning. We got them out. All right? You don't have to pray about something that God's clear about. Take the step of opportunity. This morning is a step of opportunity. If you're new today, it's different. Today's different. Right outside of those doors, 
We've got tables set up all over, and all of our groups are represented. Here in just a second, I'm going to close this out in prayer, and here's the response today. Here's the invitation. Here's the challenge. Sign up for a group. Take the step and sign up for a group. It's an opportunity. I want to close with this, and then I'm going to pray. I gave this illustration a long time ago. I haven't used it in a while, but I just think it perfectly illustrates the morning. Um, Man, I love to run, and several years ago, I was running this race in Lexington, the Bluegrass 10,000. They always do it on 4th of July weekend. Well, this particular year, they started it later, and they started it so late, it was already over 90 degrees, really humid. It was really hot. It's six miles, and at mile three, they completely ran out of water. So there were thousands of people running through the streets of downtown Lexington, hallucinating and just looting. It was awful, and I was one of them. And, and we were on Main Street, about a little over half a mile down the road, I could see the finish line. And I said this to myself, I'm just going to walk it, man. I'm so tired, I'm thirsty, I, I'm just going to walk it. And you know how you've been running for a little bit? You don't just suddenly stop, you just kind of slow down your pace until you stop? I was doing that. Dude that I still don't know to this day comes up to me next to me, and he says, don't you quit. I look at him, I said, who do you think you are telling me not to quit? I'm dying. I didn't say that, but I was thinking it. And he looks at me again, he says, we're going to finish this together. So for the next half a mile, all the way to the finish line, that dude just kept talking to me that way. Don't know his name. Wouldn't know him if he's here today. But he kept looking at me saying, keep going. One more step. You're closer than you were. We're in this together. We're not going to quit. We crossed the finish line. He said, good job. Walked away. Never saw him again. Some of you are about to quit. And I want to say to you today, what you need is people, are people in your life who love you enough to look at you and say, don't you quit. Don't you quit. Would you stand with me for closing prayer? Let's all stand. If you're a regular at Summit, I want you to look at your watch. You'll realize it's not even 12 o'clock. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Why did we do that? Why are we giving you extra time today? Sign up for a group. Out there, we're having a bake sale. All of the proceeds of that bake sale go to Isabella Brashear. Their family are partners here. We want to come alongside them and serve them, so take part in that. There's refreshments, all kinds of stuff out there right now. The people that are leaving are going out there and making sure that our life group tables are getting set up for you. Go out there, sign up for a group. We're going to have a baptism also. It's going to be an awesome time. So don't, don't leave, okay? We set up a lot of things out there for you to hang out, sign up, awesome stuff right outside. Let's go. Let's take a step. Let's pray right now. Dear Jesus, I pray that right now, you would move in our hearts in such a way that we would all seize this opportunity. Because it's an opportunity. It is an opportunity to take a step and to get connected. And, and right now, we're making excuses probably. The devil's giving us excuses. Help us to push through the fog and see you. And take a step. Because on the other side of that step, you'll meet us and you'll totally change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, You're dismissed. We're about to have a baptism outside. Everybody through those doors. Man, let's sign up for a group. Let's take this opportunity. Love you guys right outside those doors.